the distortion of the fabric of space and time around one black hole also exists for the other black hole. So you have black holes entering each other's event horizons. So I opened up that thesis. I didn't understand a single page. <laughs> You speak, you say words to a camera, and I'm going to try that today, for the second time by myself. God, old, I haven't named this one. Mate, she's a beaut. Look at it. Pulled it out between a house and asbestos shed and a fence. It's been growing there for decades. Growing upwards for the sun, went all gangly, and I've potted it, there's some fresh life there, I'm not sure you can see that, old classic hitters here, and this is blast off in terms of where the mind will go when you let it wander and you speak out loud, I've been finding an interesting, um, what it means to bring words from your mind over this, over the barrier that is reality, you know, like, we have a lot of things that go on ahead, our dreams, our aspirations, and a lot of them live with a lot of holes in them. Um, and we're too afraid to even announce them. You know, I talk with Gus and he says he wants to be a UFC fighter and people can laugh and scoff, but the actual, the, the, the courage to, to, to look like an idiot and to say these big ideas the people who are willing to do that are the only ones who are actually going to get there because it starts with a belief of if you can attain something or not. It, it starts with a, a, a verbal manifestation, right? This word manifestation is used a lot, but it's a very basic thing in terms of just what do you most deeply want in your mind and say it out loud. See how it feels when it bounces out of your mouth. What emotions pull up. I said in the last podcast was I wanted to be a Socrates. I don't even know what that means. A philosopher. I don't even know what that means. And I said it out of my mouth and it's been bouncing around in reality. You know, I've had to apply a critical eye on that on that desire. You know? And I still don't know where I lie with that. It seems like such an abstract idea to me. I know nothing about Socrates. I know nothing about philosophy. I know very basic things that sort of act as a, a semi-framework for how I view myself and my life. For instance, I like Stoicism. I use Stoicism as a healthy mechanism from separating the external world to the internal world. The internal world being my values and the reality that I know is real because I'm viewing it, you know, and this external world is chaotic. I can order my internal world. So the chaotic external world is out of my control. Therefore, I can't put any importance on trying to control it. I can only 
enjoy the experience of the chaos and use as much control as possible from my internal conditioning by ordering values in a hierarchy and putting things as valuable and sort of intertwining in a sort of pull and push and pull releasing of the reins to the chaos and then tightening them tightening in order from you know doing that throughout this dance of life and it allows for a more smooth sail and then it puts like less chaos less less um pressure on yourself day to day it, to explain that that fast i hope it made sense but what was it getting back to yeah saying things out loud manifesting i want to take a jump from that so i was sitting on the toilet today and i was thinking of like there was i think it was socrates or is it plato or is it aristotle one of those guys right they said ah oh, the golden mean right so of an uh a characteristic of that is a golden mean so courage is a golden mean which means it is i wish we had the Tao up there we've got a beautiful native american lady but on the yin yang right the lining between the black and the white is the Tao. that's the silver lining you may hear it that's the balance point the the good you know like just the the even point the balanced position and different values are the balance point courage is a balance point because if you're not courageous, you're a coward. If you're too courageous, you're foolhardy and an idiot. So you gotta to to be in touch with the cur to be in touch with the emotion and the value not emotion the value and the ethic of courage and applying it yourself. You need to have your hands out and be in touch with each side of that mean. So aware that you have the potential to be a coward and be consciously, actively watching yourself to see where that happens. Actively watch yourself be foolhardy. I know I'm foolhardy. I jump in head first without thinking things through. There's a benefit to that, but there's a big loss. For example, I jumped in to a bunch of, sw a bunch of swarming sharks that were feeding. They weren't dangerous sharks, they were reef sharks inherently low risk with that type of shark, but I got bitten by a shark. I threw myself pretty, not, not even metaphorically, physically into chaos, and I got a consequence from that. And that's a pattern that I constantly see, constantly see rippling throughout my experiences as a human. So I'm noticing that, oh, okay, I do that. There's a value to that, cool. Let me draw it back and use that, use that intensity uh, and try and redirect it. I don't even know exactly how I'm meant to be doing that, but it's all in the progression. I'm turning young, you know. But yeah, so I was looking at um, my values. This is very uh, like me, 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 me. It's a bit. Ugh. There's another thing. There's so much to talk about. But I feel like. I feel like it's not just me. I think it's a sign of our times that we all think that we should be heard. You know? For all I know, I'm speaking to myself right now. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate the value that I get from other people liking it to 
just the pleasure it brings me from verbalizing it, manifesting it to the surface as I spoke in the beginning. You know, the success that could potentially come from this is distasteful in many ways to me. Though it would seem a paradox that that breeds genuinity, which breeds success. So within all of that, I need to maintain a balanced perspective and not want it, but want it, but also give into a narcissistic direction, which is a focus internally on myself, a self-obsession, you may think, though, and who I'm meant to be obsessed about in this life, the one that I'm viewing everything from or the people around me. It's very hard. So it's like, yeah, it's like self, self-development. When is it? When is it like masturbation for the self? You know what I mean? When I've got to make sure, I've got to be conscious that I'm externalizing and helping people and being a good person to the world around me and providing value to the world around me rather than constantly writing in my journal, you know, doing this intellectual masturbation circle with myself. But also when that, 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 that journal is just a quarantine zone for the scary manifestations that come out of my mind and my mouth. So that's a quarantine zone. I get to go in there, I analyze them, and I see whether I want to bring it to the light of day through a camera or not. You know, it's, it's, it's like all this stuff goes on in your head and everyone's too scared to really peel it out. And I feel like this, you know, either I'm crazy or we're all going through this, whether you know it or not, you might be unconscious of it, but we're all a bit mad and we're all a bit crazy. And it's like, the, is it foolhardiness to go in that or is it courage? Um, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, pulling back that layer, pulling back and viewing those scary thoughts that you're scared to... Co- they pop up in your mind. They're existing there. That's your reality. But it's a different reality to the one out here. And for whatever reason, you gotta, we got a question. What is that fear of bringing that across through the barrier? You know? Because the reality of your mind into the world is a barrier. And you have, as the biggest power you have as an individual, I don't know, this sounds preachy, I'm so self-conscious about the way I appear but the power we have is to decide what we bring over from that barrier. And that's why I think that, you know, these scary thoughts, you shouldn't just be bringing over willy-nilly. That journal is literally a quarantine zone. Those pages are where you can go, all right, what is this? Because you're not guaranteed, they're not diamonds, you know, they're not, it's not valuable. Some of it is, needs to be condensed. Some of it needs to be drawn out, viewed at a different direction allowed to bounce out into your brain and for you to question, oh my God, that actually is me. And then to the emotion needs to seep out of that and you need to view it from a different perspective later. Um, I think that's intent. I think that's extremely valuable. And so to bring another layer on top of this thing that is the barrier of reality of our lives, like we have the internal life, the barrier between the internal life and the external life, you know, the filter from our, for our minds is we sit, the ego, what we are, the thing that we think we are, sits on that wall, that castle, and it just sits there and observes both sides and it, and it actively 
curates what the external feeds to it. And it pulls across out of this infinite reality that is the, the, the life behind our eyes. It sits there and it curates what everyone else outside me wants to see and it pulls this out. You'll often see, right? You might notice this now that a lot of people, their personalities are curated by the behaviors that other people project at them, right? So you have an overweight lady who's a bit big and bit bossy and bit yelly, right? She receives behaviors towards her that turn her into that bossy, loud mouth, somewhat rude woman and then very anti-feminine women because men don't project fem feminine qualities at her. Therefore, she doesn't conform to the feminine role. You know, she's more of a man. Men, she, men treat her like a man because she's a larger woman and she holds herself different and she's not receiving the stereotypical behaviors that many other women get which turn them into a woman it's this polarity of men and women same thing for men you know people are twisted by the by the reactions that other people give them and it's this symbiotic relationship where i'm trying to break this down in terms of that example right so a woman isn't physically attracted and she's overweight so then men don't treat them as if they're sexually desirable they don't project those feminine traits into that woman therefore she never learns how to pro provide that feminine backboard for that stuff to bounce back off of for the men to get what they want in order to create the cycle of that feminine masculine dynamic right so men don't project that feminine vibe into them they project the masculine vibe into them because they're not attracted to them then they in order to maintain an ability to exist as an individual, they project back that masculine vibe back because, and then they're a bit more uh, abrasive and aggressive, they're more masculine because they're not being given the ability to accentuate those feminine characteristics. That's an extreme mode. These things are very complicated. This is, this is, you gotta take this with a grain of salt as well because I'm just, this is, these are just observations that I'm bringing out. I haven't even written this down in my journal. Um, but you know what I mean? So it comes back to we're sitting on this castle, we're sitting on this wall and the external, the ego is just pulling, pulling from here to give, to give it here when you're unconscious of what this process is. And our power as an individual, the beautiful essence of what we are is we get to choose what we bring from that other side. Once you realize that's what you're doing. And so... I, I was thinking about what's my greatest value and it's funny how this all ties in. My most important value is my integrity, right? What is integrity? And I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, integrity is essentially integrity is a formation of values on that other side of the wall that you're not willing, that you're not willing to change due to the messages given from you externally. So, the in integrity is, and a highly, a highly developed integrity is the person on the wall recognizing what, recognizing the the intense boundaries 
of what they're willing to pull out and, and, and take in from both directions. And that creates the ego and that creates a solid character. That creates a foundation of character. You know, it's integrity. You're the wall. It's the barrier. Like, oh, it's hard to, mm. so, yeah, so what you'd want to do, it's weird, none of this stuff works in a vacuum, it's all interconnected, like, um, like, 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 Right, so integrity, like, right, I said right. Integrity is the wall. And it's interesting when we talk about how it comes, there's infinity behind the eyes. You know, you can really manifest whatever you want out of this. But you're sort of constricted in the beginning. I hope you can hear that. Playing medieval music. Respect. It's beautiful, actually. It might actually do me well. I hope you can hear that. I'm sorry, it's a bit slow. Oh, it's actually Mongolian throat singing. Um. Right. 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 You know, your mind ticks over. I think this is working through it as I speak. But my mind ticks over 24-7. I don't get a mind blank when I'm just living my life. Though, for whatever reason, something has happened right now for me to cause a mind blank. Am I on the extremity of my ability to speak and to, you know, actualize abstract ideas? Is that where I'm at? And I'm really pushing the boundaries on that? Verbalizing it? It's very hard to verbalize these ideas because they float around your head for so long. Yeah, integrity also means taking, accepting responsibility for that integrity because every action has consequences. And below integrity, you have a whole bunch of cascading things that make up what, what, like the integrity is the casing for the values that are underneath it. And the goal—it's it's almost it's, its a paradox in how they value themselves because without the cascading values, integrity means nothing. But the integrity has to be at the top, so it enforces all those cascading values. And physically, put physically writing down, verbalizing, manifesting those values is an intensely important task to do. Maybe not for everyone, but for people who this may resonate to, I think it is, I think you should. But it also comes back to, some people don't, some people don't, not everyone's built the same. So not everyone will resonate to what I'm saying. Not everyone 
likes it. Not everyone wants to exist in this thought area. You know, it's some people are more physical. Some people are sensual. You know, they want to, you know, doing things, objects like that. For whatever reason, I find extreme value in ideas and trying to create original ideas, which is pretty much impossible. Because then, yeah, right? People, it's when you think about what you say all the time and the knowledge that you have in your in your own ideas a majority of that is literally hearing it from somewhere else and then just having an ability to repeat it in a nice way and that's called intelligence like even half the ideas i've said are from way smarter people from thousands of years ago who've told this and then i what i act them out there may be a sort of intelligence in the ability to exercise those ideas but in terms of ideas themselves and what I value, I'm essentially repeating ideas of other people over thousands of years and that have come out of a bunch, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mouths. Which is exactly what I'm saying, has come out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mouths. And then, then we say, oh, that's smart. <laughs> I don't, it, it just the, the thin nature of what that is, is just, it baffles me. Like, the thin nature of most of all this is, just, it just baffles me. Like only a very few people are smart. Everyone else seems to just copy what the smart people are saying. But then there's a whole tier of people who are smart, who are just saying what other people have said. They're experts in the field. You know, they, maybe they haven't done... It's like... It's, where, where, where do we distinct... Where's the distinction between real intelligence and non-intelligence? I feel like real intelligence is originality, which is the hardest thing. Have an original thought, like, good luck. Say something that no one else has said. Good luck. But, alright. Okay, that's just, well, that, that's coming from my own preconception of what I would define as intelligence. Intelligence, pushing the boundaries. Pulling, pulling an authentic idea out of chaos into order. You know, that rim. Going beyond the boundaries of what we already know. And that's my idea of, that, that's my idea of intelligence, which goes to tell you something about what I desire in life. It's quite interesting. Someone else could say, see, that's me locked into my paradigm of thinking. That whole explanation just then is, is there's a bit of ignorance in that. Because you have someone who goes, what do you mean? You have engineers using already known methods and building hospitals for people and, and, and exercising maths and exercising physics in order to build hospitals to help people in order to expand the human race and provide homes which will create more people to expand our, 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 um, our abundance. Is that dumb would you consider those people smart obviously you consider them smart but for whatever reason just then i was locked into not seeing them as smart 
which is interesting. You know, why is it why is it not smart to exist within the boundaries of what we know? There's a somewhat of an explorer in my head that wants to be outside of that order. Which may tie into my foolhardiness. Mm. Let's take a side let's take a side step. Let's go in another direction. There was a lot of pauses just then. Which balls, it is what it is. Mm. say is something in itself like right now as you observe me I don't know where to go and I have an ability to just wait and allow a path to go forward it's like being aware of the process of what's happening right now and I'm afraid it's going to trail off in this, this pathway that I'm currently, you know, there's a pathway of just observing the current, like, existence. And when does that dry up? Does it ever dry up? Because then I eventually have to go back into mine and see where I'm at right now. Because I'm currently not in touch with my present mind. I'm running along a track that is a thought that will come to an end and then it'll lead somewhere else. And who knows how long that track will end, you know? In, in essence, I'm in a... I'm in a thought loop. Come, I'm, I'm brought away from the present. My mind is feeding me thoughts for me to say out of my mouth and it's going to continue, 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 continue until I come back to the center line which is my reflective mind. Which is right here. And I don't know where to go from here. This is what? Is this presence? Am I present right now? Is it pure presence that I'm experiencing, just existing within these thoughts? But I'm not comfortable to sit in that right now because there's a camera on me trying to drag me faster than my mind currently wants to go. And that's causing a stalemate within my ability to think because the anxiety and the stress of a camera and an audience needing me to speak is causing friction. And it's causing a stress of letting people down, which is preventing me from thinking. But I question, is just me talking about it just then going to be the alleviating, the, the thing that's going to alleviate that? We will see. Because if it does, this thought loop's going to end and I'm going to go into something else and I probably won't get stuck again, hopefully. So we'll see. Or I can just 
not care. You just sit here and you guys can just chill with me. Have me on while you're driving. Just, all right, yeah, let's do that. You're listening right now? I'm going to walk you through just a bit of silence and I'm going to try and, try and, try and, try and, as you're about to enter this time of silence where I'm just going to sit here, you know, I'm forcing you to be silent or you can click off the videos, really. See, you have the choice. I'm going to try and shape, shape a perspective to enter the silence into. Okay, let's do that. There's this thing called the singularity, right? And it's, it's hypothesized to happen between around 2030, 2045, 2060, around there, right? And what that means is the singularity is a point of exponential growth where human civilization will create an AI which will be as intelligent as a human being and will have the ability to think new knowledge. And that AI can be copied a million times, a billion times, a trillion times, all exact copies as if my brain was right next to me. But all those millions of copies of algorithm that is an AI will be linked in a hive mind not like they're all one mind and all have the same intelligence. It's all exponential intelligence connected in a hive mind in the cloud that will then communicate to each other instantly all the new information they're going to receive and they're going to trade all that information instantly in a network that is going to, all right, we've imp improved on cybernetics and this cybernetics will improve our bioengineering and our gene evolution. Boom, we apply it to that. Then this gene evolution gets smarter, it applies to making smarter AI. Boom, this makes smarter humans, this makes smarter humans. And it's this spiraling, cascading, not cascading, spiraling upwards event of, of pillars falling on each other to build each other up at an exponential rate, which will be almost imperceivable for humans, which will create an, a completely new reality, right? We don't know what this means. For all we know, a wormhole could open up. The planet, the, the, our reality could implode. Space-time could, could, could alter. You know, we could, we could literally manifest God out of the fourth dimension. We could enter a matrix. We could exit our matrix. Our reality could shift. We could interdimensional travel Star Wars style. We can go, we can, we can go multiverse. We can have AI overlords. We can be all enslaved. We can be released from our slavery. Infinite possibilities of infinite information that we have no idea what will happen and it will run one track of all of those possibilities. We don't know what it's going to be yet. One track of those possibilities. Unless it's time travel and all that shit, then we're, you know, what the fuck? That's beyond comprehension, right? So brace yourself for the silence. So that is predicted to happen within our lifetime. Huh? So we all have to go out into this planet right now, into this world, into this society, right? And get a trade, a university degree, a, a, a TAFE qualification. You don't even have to do anything. You can do nothing. You can do everything. You can go into entrepreneurial. You can be a businessman. But within the portion of your life when you spend all that time trying to create order and create a life that is what you want it to be, around halfway through it, the world's going to change forever predicted. 
right? There's a very high probability of this with AI advancements. The whole world's going to change. You're going to live in a completely different universe, a completely different reality as the one that we're living in right now. Completely like when our grandparents were kids and they rode horse and carriages and now they're driving cars and flying planes, right? That on steroids. It's a completely different world. We can't imagine it's nothing to do with this. We'll have no bearings. How's our minds even going to cope with that? We don't even know. And we have to go day by day, get a mortgage, do all these things. Um, but then, you know, you take it a step back. The big bang happened. You know, matter was sprayed across the whole planet, billions and billions and billions of years. Our solar system just appeared, right, through all this chaos. Two planets combined together, spun around, the moon is created, the, the earth is boiling hot, it cools down, bunch of processes happen, the orbit settles, water's created, the atmosphere is created, then out of fucking nothing, an organism decides that it is going to decide its own reality called life. So you, in terms of to put this into your head of what this means, there is a sequence of events that happen in all things, right? And you can view it in, this is, I think this was Aristotle who said, who, who came up with this. There's a sequence of events to all things, right? I, this can here, right? There's a cause and effect. I cause this can to move. One, two, three. There's a cause and an effect, right? And there's a whole bunch of things that cause it and there's a whole bunch of things that allow it to be caused. So they're both, they're these two things, right? And there's, uh, where is it? I, I'm going so close to where I can even compute. I might not be able to compute this, like be able to explain this. But there's a term of a, there's a, it's a cyclic explanation. Far right, I wish I knew, I knew this in more depth. But essentially life, Life decides its own set of rules. So it is something, it is an object through somehow, okay, so for this can to exist and for it to do things, it has a cause for it to affect. But the effects are all external, right? For this can to move, the external world has to affect it. For a plant though, a plant exists and for it to grow, it applies an external force, internalizes it, and then affects it through its own being, an extra step in the process. And that just happened somehow. It just, that's life, it just happened. If life is, a, is an object causing its own effects through a leverage of the external effects and then, and then mutations of evolution is the plant slightly changing the effects and the external causing a slight change of those effects. And then bacteria is formed, things grow, this whole planet is created you know, the oceans fill up with life, plant life begins, 
dinosaurs, boom. Ice age, boom. Human civilization, we go from apes into humans, into civilizations. The Stone Age, the Bronze Age, the Egyptians build the pyramids. Who was it? Oh, the, 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 the Pharaoh. Was it Aphrodite's? No. Whatever. They, they build all these things. The Roman Empire. The Greek Empire. Think about all these myths, all these stories that come from all that. Have all led to this point where we have somehow from this universe been born as fruit of the universe. Born into a highly complex society where people have real estate agents and, and financial advisors and money is, uh, is an abstraction of the necessity to survive. We've, we've gone from, we need food, water, we need to collect that to survive. We then transcended that to we can trade that stuff for other stuff to survive. We've turned that into a currency, which means we have to work to get the currency to buy the things that we need to survive in terms of a very fungible, available thing to cause an efficient growth, right? These things just happened. How, how did they happen, right? Throughout history, to the point now where we have cryptocurrency, a virtual reality, and the metaverse is coming, all to the point of singularity within your lifetime, which you will not have any com computation of what that reality will be and where your mind will end up by the end of your life. You could be in a, a metaverse. You could be in another universe. You could be speaking with God by the end of this life. You really don't know. We don't know. It's a, it's a possibility. And that is your existence. That is your existence. That is the track that is the experience that you are gonna that you are on the track of, and you've somehow been born in time during this great event that is seemingly very likely to happen. If it doesn't, then I guess continue what we're doing. But we've been born into this, and we're just here to witness it. We're not special. We're just here to do something for something to fulfill maybe a prophecy of the universe's, you know, equation that it's running. You know, we don't know. And I'm a being, a human being, sitting here, you're a human being, who have decided to watch this for some reason, because you probably know me on some respect, and who am I to you? You know nothing about me really. You're like, but you've chosen to watch this, why? Who knows? What does that mean? <laughs> okay. And we're here to witness this. You're a living being, living in this crazy time, this amazing time. You've had a massive, just I've just provided a massive amount of context to what your existence means. And we're afraid to talk to other humans. We get social anxiety. We get anxious. We get scared. We're, we fear rejection. We're scared of girls or guys saying that we're not good enough. We're scared of a girl laughing at us or a guy laughing at us, making fun of us. We don't like to stick our neck out. 
we don't like to be our real self around certain people. Why? Due to a bunch of wiring that has been throughout our completely, that has been brought upon us by our completely random evolution that has caused the succession of our genes up until this point that we can now view and see that they're redundant in our current times, yet we're still a slave to them. And the course of our lives seem to be an attempt to knock down the walls of these fake rules that direct us and control us in order to try and to, to be happy, in order to have calm and bliss and just to be comfortable in this life. And these things bite at us. We don't know what to do with them. And I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> That's the crazy bit. People could say, hear me what I'm saying, right? Let's, let, let, hypothetically, someone likes what I'm saying right now. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm on the, I'm just saying things. As I said, this is a thought loop. I'm not observing. These words are just coming. Where do these words come from? My thoughts. I will not be arrogant enough to say that I know where my thoughts are from. It's literally words coming from a thing. And, if, and at the end of all of this, when we go silent, it will just be me returning back to my reality, my presence, and be going, huh, I just said that. Do I remember what I said? Am I really intact and connected to the words I spoke? No, I'm not. Tell me what I've just said 30 seconds ago. I'd have to sit here for a long time and think about it because I don't know what I'm saying. And you could say that's a disconnection from reality or you could say that's a complete absorption into reality. You don't know. We don't know. So like the question is, in this current circumstance, we all find ourselves in, in experiencing existence at this very moment as human beings witnessing consciousness, which is the ability to just know that we're here. What are you allowing to control you that really has no reason to control you given the expansive perspective I've just provided? What are you afraid to do that really will have no impact on you in two years or will have the best impact on you in two years? It's like, what do you want in this life? Because you're the one who has to go get it and you have a whole bunch of things, you have a whole bunch of thoughts, a whole bunch of stuff in your head that's telling you that you shouldn't go get it or it's preventing you from go getting it. And in a, in a kind of freeing but depressing way, it doesn't mean anything. So why don't you just do it? You know, I can apply this to myself a lot. I'll probably go and do something after this podcast. But as you enter into the silence that is about to happen, look around and just witness that there is a thing that you are that is looking through your eyes and that is in a planet existing in time that is going to move forward with, with or without you. And the only thing that you have is a choice of the person on the wall who's deciding who they want to be. 
And that's the choice you have. I question what I'm going to do. I'm just sitting here doing something that leads to nothing. But it's amazing. You know, like, oh no. Hopefully, I wonder why that stopped. Lucky I saw that. That would have sucked. Imagine that. continue because I can't stop this. Yeah, I don't know. The They say you should be okay with not knowing. Who's they? A bunch of people have said it. Who believe it. I gotta have faith, you know? And they go religious. Gotta have faith, I think.
I just gotta trust it. Fair enough. Gotta put faith. <laughs> See, I'm struggling to have faith right now. Okay. To explain what I mean is, you know, I don't know where my life is going. I don't know what my life will be, but I appear to be doing things that I don't know why. My, my routine at the moment is like, get up, I make my bed, I have, a, I have a hot shower, and then at the end of it, I have a cold shower for at least a minute, often more. Right? I'm just basking the cold. And I get out, I'll dry myself off, I'll have all my supplements, which is a bit... Um, and then I'll sit down at my table and I'll meditate for 10 minutes and never really quite get into a meditative state, just constantly be observing myself losing my train of thought and then just coming back to my breath because it's only for 10 minutes, I think I need longer. So I'm gonna to have to implement longer. And then I'll go to work or something or if I'm on the weekend, I'll probably, what would I do from there? Probably have breakfast and then I journal. But so I come back from work, I have another cold shower, a hot then cold shower. And then I'll go to training. I'll either train in the gym or I'll do Gracie's and I'll do jiu-jitsu. Then I'll come back, I'll have another cold shower and then I'll probably sauna. And then I'll sauna for 25 minutes at about 65 degrees. And by the last 10 minutes, for often, the last 10 minutes of that time is me sitting in there wanting to get out with all of my being. I'll reach up to the door and I'll pull it back in and I'll say no. And then I'll, I sit right on the feeling of wanting to quit and I'll just try and be comfortable there because I think that expands my mind in a way, you know? So I'll, I, I, I waver, I go in cycles. I'll, I'll hunch over, I'll start to close my eyes and I'll look down and then I'll just find myself spiraling into negative thoughts. My, my lungs hurt. I feel a bit sick in the stomach because of how hot it is. And all of a sudden in that, I open my eyes, realize I'm spiraling into negativity and then I'll open my eyes, stare, <gasps> sit back and just go, no. I'll stare at the wall and I'm like, where else would you rather be right now? Right here. And then I sit back as far back as I can, put my back on the hot wall and then go, I want to be right here. And then it will start to get worse and worse and worse. I'll lean forward and then I'll stare at the wall. Like, are you going to get out? No. I'll say, are you going to get out? No. Where, do you, where would you rather be right now? Right here. And then I'll go through a bunch of cycles and then from there, from me leaning on the wall, I'll stare at the glass and I'll try and just stay wide-eyed. Then without me knowing, I'll slowly slip into that state of depression. You could say it, depression of my mind. And then I'll ooh, snap back. No, sit back. And then I go from a position of where I decide I'll, I'll suffer for a long time, maybe five minutes, I'll suffer for five minutes. And then I'll make a decision or I say, this is what I am doing right now. And I'm deciding that I'm never going to get out until the timer goes off. And I sit back and I say, this is where you are right now. You're suffering. Exist in this suffering and enjoy being here for what it is. Because you're not moving. 
You have no, you're not going anywhere. I'd say, I say, fate come get me for I'm not moving. You know, someone's gonna, I'm gonna have to pass out and fall through that door or someone's gonna have to open the door and drag me out because I've decided that I am digging my heels in and just putting up with this suffering. And I, in the last like two minutes, I am there just going, I want to get out, I want to get out, I want to get out, counting down from five over and over and over again, just dying, 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 and staring at the wall, just, just a complete ape. There's no thought at that point. It is complete immersion in the suffering and just breath. And then the ding, ding, ding starts, and that's my timer going off. And throughout that time, often, I don't concentrate on setting my timer, but I know I do. But my mind, a little, a little seed sprouts of doubt saying, what if you didn't set your timer? You didn't set your timer, man. You gotta open that door and get that fresh air. Get that fresh air. You need it. But you're not doing it for that. You're doing it just to make sure you're on the right path. But I know I set that timer. I know I wouldn't get in there if I didn't set the timer. Why would I get in if I didn't set the timer? But I tell myself, check it out. And then as that suffering increases, that bruise in you. And you just got to smack it down and say, that's not true. And say, and that's when the fake come get me for I'm not moving comes in. Because if you're in there for an hour, you gotta hope someone's gonna come looking or you might pass out and fall through the glass and at that point you've completed your journey because you're pushing to as far as you can and if you pass out onto the, as you open the door, you're probably gonna wake up, it's gonna be cold tiles, you know what I mean? You gotta hope that's gonna happen. And um, yeah, so then that ding dong goes off, you come out and then I feel this rush to my head and I'm no longer, I'm not in the present yet. I'm in my head, just, completely in my head witnessing what's happening and then I go to the pool and I jump in the pool and I meditate under the water and I realize the calmness and the cold on my body and I have an intense state of bliss and I go back in the shower a hot cow shower then a cold shower and then I'll dry off and I'll hang out with the boys or I'll watch YouTube or I'll try and read which has been horrible or I'll do this which is what I did I've just come from the sauna the pool the shower now I'm here and I do this, the cold shower and the sauna, intentionally to force myself to face something I don't want to do. In, intentional adversity, intentional suffering that I'm choosing to enjoy and I'm choosing to inflict on myself in order to program, program a response in me that likes adversity. To program a... To program a mindset that that seeks out challenge and that wants the great feeling after it's done. Because after I get out of that cold chair and it sucked, I feel alive. I feel amazing. I'm so glad I did that. Because the person who I am when I'm getting in that warm shower and is afraid or like trepid have shows trepidation to turn those knobs and to make it cold, that's the lowest part of myself. That is the lazy, that is the person who I don't want to be. Because that's the person who's afraid to to to, to face that that pain. And then I face the pain or the suffering or the cold, the uncomfortability. It's not always pain. That pain, It's not pain, pain. It's suffering. It's a different thing. It doesn't hurt. It just emotionally is treacherous. It just sucks. 
you know? And the person you are after willfully putting yourself through that, pushing yourself beyond where you thought you could go and then coming through the other side, the feeling, those endorphins, the dopamine that gets put in your brain is, is, a, is a reaction due to the suffering that you've just deposited in the bank of life and you've got it back. And I think that behavior that I'm training ripples effect has a ripple effect out into my existence where it comes into my mindset in how I'm going to approach my life. And I'm going to see adversity and go, oh, I know that in these other events where adversity has faced me, if I really try my hardest, the best will happen and I'll feel great after it. And that's just that training of the brain. But I don't know why I have the desire to do that. I do it. Uh, Harry does it. Look at this guy. He's doing it. Good for him. But why does he do it? Why does he have that desire? Why was he born with the desire to do that? Why does this guy, this human being, born on this planet, who I am observing his existence of, right? This gets the person it gets a bit spooky. But you can do this to yourself as well. If I was anyone else, I'd be doing this too. I'm trying to view myself from a third person. I walk through a bunch of scenarios that are that are doing something for me, for something that I value, but I don't know why I even value those things. These things are instilled in me, which is going to lead to a certain progression of my life because I do these things, which will cause my future. But I'm not 100% aware of why I'm doing these things in the present. So in... I'm just a leaf in the wind. I don't know what I'm doing, yet I have the I have a vague thought of I have a vague thought of this, of why I'm doing it. And that's where it comes back to the integrity thing. The man on the wall most of the time has no idea what he's even doing. So it really throws so many holes in that whole integrity thing. It's it gets so complicated. Because I've been born with a preconception into valuing integrity and applying it to my life. The reason of why I've done that is so beyond my actual free will of doing that. It's a, it's, it's fate. It's an inevitability of me to do this. And for someone to watch this and to apply it to themselves, if you have a preconception to viewing that as valuable due to the experiences around you and then you implement it. So you yourself have no even full consciousness of why you do the things you do, just like me sitting here speaking. I don't know why I feel like I even have the confidence to speak to people like this. Why I even have the confidence to think that there's any value in what I'm saying. Or the, the, the thought of... Yeah, that. The, <laughs> that. And it, it comes down to this major thought that I'm having. That, you know, there is no free will, essentially. But the paradox of thinking you have free will allows you to live a fulfilling life. And that people who think we have no free will, that's like a depressing note for them. But I feel like I'm coming to a point where I'm trying to leverage that in a way to give myself the best reality possible, all right? So I'm observing that I'm a person that is doing a whole bunch of things. I'm a person who's doing a whole bunch of things for reasons that I know nothing of and I'm and I'm a I'm a consciousness experiencing the life of myself doing these things because I don't even know what I am really. Me as Harry Stretton is just a net of relationships and culture and family, friends, networks, 
my genetic makeup, my mental predispositions, my childhood, all combined into a netting that makes up my ego that I call Harry Stratton. It's not a real thing. I'm just like a cow that has no identity in itself. It's literally just experiencing its life. I am that, a human being experiencing its life. Though through evolution and through all these things, we've connected all these things. Humans have created this construct called an identity, an individual being, right? Which is true in itself, but it's not as, it's, it's, it's not as far forward as we see it. So from that perspective, I'm just a human. I feel like I'm a, I, due to our ability to think reflectively, I can reflect on my existence as me not being fully aware of my decisions. Therefore, I'm a human witnessing another human's walk through life. That's how I see myself. And due to the apparent nature of the fourth dimension existing, it's, I feel like this life is already game, set, match. Due to the fourth dimension, the past is happening as we speak, the present right now is happening as we speak, and the future is happening as we speak. And have already happened, and have already, and has happened, and is gonna happen. It's all the same thing because that is the fourth dimension. And we as humans exist on the third dimension. So my existence is trapped between this very moment that we're sharing right now. That's it. That moment that happens right, right before, that moment that's happened right before this click, the initiation of when you hear this sound is there and gone in an instant and that is where you're trapped upon. This fragment of reality. That's it. We're here. Moving through it, right? And we, are, we have this illusion like we are in control of that track, but we're not because the fourth, the, the fourth dimension is a reality. It's already happened. It's boom, gone. Game, set, match. Our lives are just a node in the infinite existence, the, in, in, in the infinity of this universe and the many other universes that are said to exist. So, I have no, I have no, let me make sure this is on. So I don't lose my space. It's not letting me, man. It is what it is. Maybe they don't, maybe, Just did it. Yeah, you dog, eh? Is that me fiddling around with it, maybe? Alright, we're back. I'm, this is going to be an absolute fuck around. But I'm, I'm tracking it. Oh, 
nice, I'm tracking it. All right, this is gonna be a fuck around to edit, but it'll happen, all right? Um, where was I, where was I, where was I, where was I, where was I? Uh, um, all right, yeah, so essentially, due to the fourth reality existing, this existence has already happened. My life is gone, it's done, it's... I'm the universe, right? You go, okay, we gotta bring it back to what we said. All these planets came around, all these planets happened, they smashed together, the moon is created, the, 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 the orbits are set, life happens, and through all of that chaos of non-existence, life appears, it develops, it then develops a creature that has the ability to reflect on its own existence. So essentially, we are the fruits of the universe, the, the babies of the universe, which is consciousness, viewing its existence through a node called a human. A fraction of that universe is seeing itself through the lens of an ego, which the ego is just the fabric of human society. I hope you follow. So due to that ability of just the universe witnessing itself, witnessing itself, I am the universe as the whole, just the same as this tree. I've come from the same thing. This tree is made from stars, just like I'm made from stars. Right? Just like this table is being harvested from a tree, just like all this stuff is just atoms. I am just atoms and the atoms are the universe. And the universe is not inherently conscious, but it is because I am conscious and just like you are conscious. So I'm just the, the universe witnessing itself through a human being through the lens of an ego called a Harry Stratton, right? Let's get squirrely. So, and due to the fact that this reality has already happened, due to the fact that this reality has already happened, I am dead, alive, and living at the same time, simply witnessing it as the universe. And I can abstract and just observe from a third person of what this life currently is. And through the observation that my life has already happened and that I'm already dead, I can then leverage, hold on, let me, let me align my thoughts right now. I then have the freedom to live any life I want because I'm aware that it's already happened in the oddest way possible. I'm trying to really articulate this. This will take some time for me to truly articulate. And I, there'll probably be some massive holes in this. And if there's a massive hole in this, it'll be interesting to see how I, to see how I manage with this. But I need a wee, don't worry, I'll be back.
to cut that. All right, let me figure out how I can, how I can explain this. Because that, that that little pause caused an issue, but it'll work. Because at least with the audio, the audio is the most important part. Um, okay, 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 okay. Okay, it comes back to the manifestation thing of like saying words out loud, and the fact that you believe you can do something allows you, opens up you the possibility of that ever happening. Because if you never think that you can do it, it will never happen for you. So never even beginning the thought of thinking something is possible, it'll never be possible. And what I'm saying is that... Oh, what am I saying? said it before, I said it so articulately, uh, I articulated it so well last night, or the night before. Okay. Okay, it comes something to do with something not being logical. It's like I've forgotten it, it's crazy, it's like I've forgotten it. Okay, something not being logical. Got it, man. You're kidding. Oh, wow. It's been snatched right out of my brain. How did I forget an idea that was so intense? It is what it is, man. It is what it is. It'll probably come back to me. That was leading to a massive crescendo, and I forgot the crescendo. How on earth? Do I forget the main point of my entire discussion today? That's funny. Well, we have to watch the next episode, I guess.
Hogan who come back. Might be a bit burnt out from this heavy combo. But essentially it's something to do with leveraging the ability to not have free will that allows you to trick yourself. No, tricking yourself, tricking yourself in, tricking yourself to have, tricking yourself. Okay, no, no, no. It's living in between, just like the golden ratio, the golden mean, living in between the belief of we have no free will and we have free will creates this really odd place where you are witnessing, you can sort of direct. Oh, I said it so well the other night. To, to explain this, I need to like say things before it, but I forgot exactly what I need to say before it. Oh my goodness. It is what it is. That's enough then. I'll probably think of it later. Then I'll be like, how could I have said that? Anyway, ciao, ciao. And fuck your ass.